This podcast is brought to you by the marketing team of DePaul University's Department of Finance and Real Estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stuff You Should Know About Finance, a podcast that talks about financial topics with someone financy. This is the Quarantined Edition. I am your host, Bridget Kern-Hackett, joined today with fellow DePaul student, Luis Gallegos. Luis is currently a senior at DePaul's Driehaus College of Business, studying finance and minoring in economics. He's also a retail banking supervisor at TCF Bank. He was previously a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps and served as a platoon sergeant in the Aviation Electronics Division of a Logistics Squadron. Luis is also a Keeley Scholar candidate. So, Luis, first of all, we would like to thank you for your service, and we would also like to thank you so much for coming here today and talking with us. This is really exciting, and we're so happy to have you on our show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. It's such a such a pleasure to be on here and speak to you all, and I'm ready to get this started. What got you interested in serving in the Marine Corps? This can be uh, attributed to my sister. Um, she is in the Marine Corps. She's been in for quite a while. Uh, she just hit her 15-year mark uh, last weekend, actually. So... As far as the reason why I joined, it's because I had a role model like my sister to be there and uh, to show me what she was doing. Uh, when she first joined back in like, I think it was around 2006 or 2007, uh, I actually went down to Paris Island, South Carolina to see her graduate. Um, at that instant, I didn't think that I was going to join because I was still pretty young at that age. But later on, as life went on and my high school career is coming to an end, I thought to myself, you know what, I think it provided a good foundation for her uh, in her life. And I think that's something that I would need, you know? So right after, I mean, literally a month and a half after I graduated high school, I shipped off for boot camp in San Diego, California. So where, where were you stationed? Uh, my main duty station was in San Diego, California, luckily enough. And this place called Marine Corps Air Station in uh, Miramar, which is around, I want to say 20 minutes from downtown San Diego. And it, it was a really great place. Now, as far as what was emphasized at that station, it was a primarily an air wing station. Uh, I know you mentioned that I was an aviation electronics technician, and their focus at that station was primarily a- aviation focus. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was a beautiful place to be, and I and I really enjoyed it. So, like from firsthand experience, like as you know, the Marine Corps has the reputation of being, you know, one of the toughest branches of the U.S. military. Can you tell us like how you made it through boot camp and all of that intense training? Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, it's been so long, but. Um, Along with boot camp, there was a lot of training that had to be done along with being an aviation electronics technician and some other uh, things that I did as well. But as far as boot camp and all that, uh, the more stressful part, um, it's all about keeping your head up and just knowing that it's temporary. Uh, One phrase that myself and my colleagues uh, would tell ourselves whenever we would feel somewhat unmotivated, it's just to realize that the boot camp portion was just temporary. Uh, This is the rite of passage that we have to take to become a Marine. And as, as tough as it was and as uh, stressful as it was, you know, we came out after those three months thinking that, hey, it was somewhat of a breeze. So um, it, 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 all, it all was about, you know, maintaining a positive attitude, you know, just with almost every other thing you do, just maintain a positive attitude and just keep pushing forward and you'll get to where you want to be. Did your experience in the military influence your interest in finance? The work itself did not because... Uh, being a technician, that's almost complete 180. So mm-hmm. what really did influence me in the Marine Corps were the people that I, I was surrounded around. So my mentors, uh, like when I had first come to the shop, my sergeants were about to transition out. Um, they immediately took me under their wing, uh, thankfully enough. 
And a few of them actually ended up going to New York City to go study business over there. Me being originally from Chicago, I, I, pref I preferred to come back over here. They did a really good job with uh, letting me know that, hey, you're, you're setting a good foundation for yourself right now. Explore what you may want to do and don't let it be this like tunnel vision that you have that you think you have to stick with this. So, I mean, if you want to stick with making a career out of the military, fine, go ahead and do that. But uh, they had showed me that they had selected other things, you know, to go and branch off and do. It really was just them that provided that influence. They told me to look out for myself. Hey, when it came to choosing finance, it was just a, you know, like an internet search like or research I did. It, it took a lot of time and research and patience to really find something that I thought would fit me. And finance, just out of luck, was something that caught my attention. And before I even left the Marine Corps, I was making contacts with people who were, you know, in the business industry, accounting, finance and whatnot. And I've just stuck with it since then. And I, it's a decision that I don't regret. I've definitely chosen the right thing because I, I enjoy it. I really do. So it was out of, out of luck almost that I chose it. Do you think that any skills that you learned while serving prepared you for your career in finance? Like was anything kind of transferable? Uh, a couple things were transferable. Uh, one thing that I think would be transferable would be the skills, like not the exact technical skills of repairing equipment, but the skills required when it comes to doing research and trying to fix the equipment and translating that over to both academic and professional. Building those kind of uh, problem solving skills from my time in the Marine Corps really built a foundation in how to solve problems, essentially. Okay. Another aspect that really helped me out while I was in the Marine Corps, uh, and I, I would say this probably had a, a bigger emphasis on my success there and post-Marine Corps, was uh, working in teams. With my main billet in the Marine Corps and all the other things that I've done along with that, because I've, I've had uh, small little gigs that I've done throughout my time there as well, is that luckily enough, I've been able to work in teams of anywhere from as small as like two, three people, all the way up to 50, 60, 70 people. And being able to even lead teams from that array of size as well. Doing that really, it really teaches you how to be more of a people person if you're not already, or if you already are, it teaches you kind of how to develop those people skills. And when it comes to leading those teams, I mean, it just goes to show that leading a team of like five people is way different than leading a team of 20. Trying that adaptiveness that I've developed really was something that I took from the Marine Corps as well. There are so many different career sectors in finance. How did you decide which area was like best suited for you? So when I first uh, transferred out and became a civilian again, I knew that I wanted to study finance, as I mentioned mm -hmm. before. And the first thing that I thought about when I transitioned out was like, okay, so I want to study finance. I'm, I haven't started school yet, but I'm about to start school. What part-time job or what can I busy myself with while going to school? You know, And I thought, okay, why not go into retail banking? I mean, I think that's a good place to get my feet wet. Uh, I got a job at TCF. I immediately went there. That was a job that I got right after I had left the Marine Corps. Being able to help people and either like face-to-face -face and interact with them was something that I really enjoyed about being in the retail bank. And I thought that, okay, I really enjoy this in retail bank, commercial banking, which is where I'm going to go after I graduate. I wanted to be able to take that next step and see if I could not only help individuals like, you know, with their basic retail banking needs, and maybe I could transfer that into commercial banking. And that's one reason why I thought that banking would be the sector that I would want to go into, which is the sector that I am going into after I graduate. It's just being a people's person. Uh, I really enjoy interacting with people, helping them out, and then wanting to be part of the technical analysis in the commercial banking field. 
Kind of branching off of that, you know, many students in the finance department that I've talked to have explained that it's very challenging to find their first internship and establish industry-related experience. How did you get your first internship? It almost was as if I got it off a brush of luck and not out of luck because I didn't try out and go get it. But, you know, I was doing what you had to do, like fill out your applications, how you're supposed to uh, cultivate your resume to make sure that it matches what those employers want from their candidates as well, right? So making sure that you're reading the job descriptions and you're making sure that you can highlight some of the things that they're looking for on your resume, things mm -hmm. of that such. It also goes along with uh, networking as well. Meet people and speak to people so that they could possibly connect you with the right person to obtain an internship. Uh, that helped me out a lot as well. But what I will also say is that don't underestimate the power of the cultivation of the resumes and just submitting them as well. Even if you haven't contacted somebody at that firm because when I was applying for internships, it turns out that I had correctly cultivated my resume to match that employer's uh, wants. And I was given an interview and that was that was it of it. And like I said, it came almost like I had almost forgotten that I had applied to that place. You know, because it really is a numbers game too. Uh, being able that you you have to put in the time, effort and have the patience when submitting dozens of resumes, you know, because it can get overwhelming, but you just have to stay positive and make sure you're cultivating them the right way and network where you can get those connections where you can. Don't under, underestimate the power of uh, making it a numbers game. To wrap all that section up, I would pretty much say use different methods. Don't count on one method. Use several methods because one of those methods along with that numbers game is going to get you interviews. Kind of going off of the the idea of networking, mm -hmm. can you describe for our audience like how you went about developing relationships with other industry professionals and also professors? Like I feel like now that everything is online, it's it's very difficult to kind of put yourself out there and, and make new friends or, or make new networks. How, how did you go about that? And what are what's some advice that you would give to students? The number one piece of advice I would give to any student coming in is to be just get involved. Mm -hmm. However you can get involved, do it. I know when I first came to Paul, even before the pandemic, I knew that's one thing that I needed to run off with was getting involved with as much as I could. Not because I just want to slap things on my resume, right? That's not the whole point of wanting to do that, but it's to build those connections with the professors and those industry professionals because, and at least like the finance realm, right? When like I was, I'm part of groups, uh, the Paul Investment Group is one that I'm a part of, uh, the Keeley Academy. Those different extracurriculars at school, sometimes they'll have events where we uh, actually bring in industry professionals, we speak to them. Uh, sometimes we have faculty come interact with us at the Keeley Academy and areas such as the DePaul the Investment Group. And just by being a part of those groups and being active in those groups and activities is going to connect you with industry professionals. You know, I've met several industry professionals just through being a being involved in school, along with faculty too, you know, uh, being a part of the Keeley Academy, taking classes with faculty that are part of the academy as well. And I mean, it's it's all about just being involved, putting yourself out there, not being shy. That's another important thing. If you're a shy person, you really have to try to develop an extroverted personality, unfortunately, but you know, it's a good thing. So do you, do you work full-time at TFC? Uh, yeah, so I would, it's somewhere between 30 and like 35 hours a week that I work. So like five hours short of full time. Okay, um, but, but basically, that's a lot. That's a lot of hours. Um, yeah. How do you like, how do you balance basically working full time and going to school full time? Oof, well, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I've, I've done it for quite a while now. So I, I know exactly. It's all about being punctual from the moment you wake up 
knowing, hey, okay, I have a list of things to get done. I would say just schedule your things on a daily basis. You know, like have different things that you know you have to do throughout your day uh, and then have other schedules, you know, like weekly schedules, schedules and monthly schedules where you can uh, have more of a bird eyes view, but really take it day by day. You know, I mean, sometimes we have a lot of things to do, you know, like work, school projects and being involved in school and all whatnot. I mean, it really does just take um, organization skills, you know, being organized and making sure that you do uh, have time for yourself to uh, get to certain places or to have time to do assignments and whatnot. Another point to bring on top of that too was that if you have a heavy workload, like if you are going to school, working a lot and involved a lot in school, I would say that try to dedicate at least a day to relaxation, <laughs> however you can, at least half a day, because you're going to need some time to recharge. And that recharge time is what I use to refocus myself and to be able to put up with uh, the different things I'm involved with. So so can you tell me a little bit more about what you do at TFC Bank? As a supervisor, I'm actually in a supervisory role. I've been uh, doing that since I started with the bank. And it revolves around two main ideas. It's a uh, operations and sales. So when I, when I say sales, people think, okay, well, what do you sell? I mean, well, we're, we're pretty much just trying to get people to open accounts, um, people to get our loans, you know, things like that. We have to, we have quarterly goals that we have to abide by mm -hmm. and branches in a the region, they have to uh, reach a certain goal depending on how busy they are. As a supervisor, part of the management team, uh, my, one of my responsibilities is to make sure that we're staying on track for those goals. Now, as far as operations, that goes into uh, making sure that the maintenance we do on our accounts, you know, that they're by the book, you know, no cutting edges or anything like that. Along with operations, well, also under operations, making sure that we do uh, branch operations the correct way or do our daily, uh, our daily tasks before we open and after we close. So there, there's, a, there's an array of things that we do, but the two things that we revolve them around are just sales and operations and the bank, making sure the the bank is uh, running smoothly and making sure that we're getting new customers. You are a senior at DePaul. What has been your favorite class so far? Um, and then why? And uh, like, are there any other classes that you would highly recommend to students? Yeah, so it's not just one class, it's actually two. I took two classes from a professor named Martin Essenberg and he teaches a class called uh, Banking and Credit Analysis and Investment Bank. The reason why I recommend these two classes, especially if you're a finance student, is because they're experiential learning classes. So you're actually gonna get hands-on experience when it comes to taking these classes. Meaning, uh, for example, for banking and credit analysis, which revolves more around commercial banking, that's gonna focus on developing a pitch on whether a company can take out a loan from the bank or not, right? What we actually do is we actually go to these commercial banks, downtown Chicago, and we actually present to them like our loan proposals. And we actually get to interact with real professionals in that field. And we get to see uh, what uh, Professor Essenberg does very well is that he actually takes us through the process of cultivating a loan and loan proposal for a client as if we were actual commercial bankers. Same thing goes for his investment banking class. We go through, through what it would take to go through an emerge, uh, a merger or an acquisition. Uh, and we're also involved with uh, the industry professionals there as well. We'll go and uh, do a presentation in front of a bank. It's almost invaluable the experience that you get uh, from these classes because you would never expect it to be something that involves so much real life learning uh, you're not just sitting in behind the desk and taking exams and studying note cards I'm not, I'm not putting that to shame or anything for any other classes but this is something that is going to give you a lot more value because you're working with people who are working in the industry already so 
and you're getting a better understanding of what they actually do. If banking is something that you do want to go into, highly recommend those classes. Um, and even if banking is not something you'd want to get into, I mean, I, I would still even uh, recommend them as a finance student because you do gain a lot of technical skills too from those two classes. So highly recommend. So graduating this year, what are your plans after you graduate? Do you know like what you're going to do, where you're going to go? I'm actually going to be going to CIBC, a Canadian bank that their U.S. operations is headquartered here in Chicago. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. I'll be doing commercial banking. As far as anything else I have going on after I graduate, I might try to like step it back a bit, you know, from being involved in any other extracurriculars. I mean, uh, outside of work, uh, just to really focus on that. But one thing that I do plan to do in the next couple of years, possibly, is uh, think about graduate school. Uh, because although I am graduating and I'm very excited about that, I'm already starting to think, wait a minute, what am I going to do with my free time? <laughs> you know, because I do have hobbies and whatnot, you know, but, you know, like having school there for so long, it almost seems like, hey, like it's almost like going to work and going to school at the same time has almost been like uh, second nature for me, I guess to say, you know, because I've been doing this for almost three years now, and it would be weird to just go straight to work. And then I know you already gave some incredible advice to our listeners, but do you have like a final piece of advice that you would give to incoming finance students, maybe possibly students who are coming from a military background? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I actually had a few points that I put down. So the very first thing that I would recommend is uh, step out of your comfort zone. All right. So if you're transitioning military or you're transitioning from a community college, uh, which I did both, uh, I went to Harper College for a year before transferring. Um, step out of your comfort zone and make sure that you have um, an aim, you know, make sure that you do have an aim and that uh, you have something that you when you wake up in the morning that, you know, you have to I don't want to use aim to uh, express that. But you have something to look forward to, I guess, you know? Uh, so for me, what I had made it was, hey, I knew I wanted to transfer to DePaul, right? I knew I wanted to uh, really get a head start in my career in finance. So just making sure and coming out from the military into the civilian sector, it, it was intimidating, but I, it took me stepping out of my uh, comfort zone to go ahead and see what was out there. And luckily enough, I mean, it's worked out pretty well so far. Uh, the second point I did have, I kind of merged it in with the first one was having a name, you know, making sure that you aren't blindly going into your days, weeks, months, years, you know. Yeah, sometimes it may not be easy to uh, project things that far ahead for yourself, but, you know, making sure that you at least have something that you know you have to accomplish in a broad sense, you know. And then when you have that, things that you have to achieve, uh, marginal things that you will have to achieve uh, throughout that time will just pop up and you'll know what to do. Uh, when those uh, eventually come, but just start off with the name and go from there. Um, and then just my last point would just be always push forward. Um, I think that in today's current environment, it can be very discouraging. It can be very, uh, it can boost down morale, you know, and maybe things have turned for the worst for some of us. And you know what, that, well, I mean, it's, it's life, you know, things happen. But just push forward. Don't let things uh, discourage you. I've definitely had things discourage me. And I thought that I've gotten to points where I thought that maybe this wasn't for me, you know, but just have perseverance, push forward uh, and really wake up every day with that. Why, you know, have some sort of why that you're aiming for. and You'll be fine. 
Thank you. That's that's such wonderful advice. And thank you, Luis, so much for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I really enjoyed uh, coming on and speaking with you today. It was, it was really great. That's it for today's episode. Watch out for our next episode with more stuff you should know about finance. I am Bridget Kern-Hackett, and I'll catch you next time.